0: Welcome to the Work Joy Jam. I'm Beth Stallwood, your host and the founder of Create Work Joy. In this episode, I am joined by the wonderful Stephen Watson, and Stephen is an expert in all things time management. And I know for sure that many of our listeners are struggling with this area with so many demands, so many different things to focus on. And it all seeming like quite a lot and never really having the time to do the things that you really, really want to do. When I heard of Stephen and I saw his book, Time Limited, I really wanted him to come on the podcast because I think it's one of those things that can really stifle the joy in your life if you're struggling with your time. And I'm thinking here, how can he help us to help ourselves to maybe approach our time management in a different way to help us to be able to feel like we have the influence over it that we want and are able to find the time to do the things we really really want to do I really enjoyed my conversation with Stephen I hope you enjoy it too here it is Hello and welcome to the Work Joy Jam. In this episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Stephen Watson. And when I connected with Stephen, it was around his book launch. And I was like, we all on the Work Joy Jam need a little bit of what Stephen is talking about. And I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to let Stephen introduce himself and tell us a bit more about him, his work, and what he does. So, Stephen, over to you. Hello,
1: hi Beth. It's uh, it's lovely to be here with you, and and I appreciate you inviting me onto your podcast. So, oh, thank um, you for coming. <laughs> so my um, my specialism is time management. Um, I'm a, a teacher and a and a coach, and I work with lots of different people in in lots of different settings. Really, I work with um, business owners. Um, people who are managing staff, I work with people who are basically just trying to manage their life and fit everything in. Um, in a world where everything runs at a hundred miles an hour, and there's yeah. so many things that people are, uh, so many things that are demanding of everybody's time, I just help people to get on top of that and and, and structure it all in a way that allows them to make the most of their time.
0: Amazing and. Everyone, I'm sure, can probably tell right now that that is exactly the reason I wanted you to come on here. (laughs) Because this question of time management, I think for so many people, I know for so many of our listeners, is one of the biggest challenges that people are facing. There are so many things to do. There are so many things at work to do, but also in life that trying to fit that in and make it happen and feel like you're doing a good job of stuff Um, is often one of the things that comes up as a, oh, I'm really struggling with this. So let's talk about this big subject of time management and tell us a little bit about how you came to work on this and how your story helps you to help other people with this particular subject.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm a a, a, a teacher and a, a coach and I've been working with um, lots of different types of people since 2004. Um, I'd finished at university. Um, I decided to take the plunge and start my own business. It was it was kind of a, a no lose situation. If it all went wrong, then I, I didn't have kind of mortgage and family, kids, things like that to to worry about particularly. So I, I went for it then. And I was working um, six, sometimes seven days a week on my business, thinking that that was the way to to make a business work, um, you know, I, I was very much of the opinion that if you work harder, you'll get better results. So um, I was enjoying my work, don't get me wrong, I, I've always in, always enjoyed that. But the, the moment where um, things really focused to, towards time management was, um, that was, as I say, working six, seven days a week and my mum was diagnosed with a terminal brain disease um, called Progressive Supranuclear Palsy. And um, the, I'd never heard of it before. Not many people have. It's quite a, a rare kind of condition. But um, basically, the uh, expectation from diagnosis is that you'll live around six years from diagnosis. But during that time, you'll gradually um, deteriorate. And, and so um, thinking of mum's experience, she, she lost her ability to balance first and um, so she was in a, a wheelchair and then lost her ability to, um, to swallow, which meant that she couldn't eat or, or drink. She had to be fed through a tube. And she her eyesight went. Um, and um, amongst other things, she, she lost her ability to communicate. It's a horrible, horrible disease. Um, and so we were given this, this prognosis and this information about this, this disease, this terrible disease that we'd, we'd been told mum had got. And I just thought, well, this is this is crazy. Something's got to change. I'm working long days, long hours, and the things that are most important to me, I'm not making time for or not making enough time for. So I decided immediately to cut down my working week to four days so that I could spend at least one and, and sometimes two days of quality time with mum, go and take her out, really get to know her, spend some great time with her um, and make the most of the time that, that we had left together. Mm. And so I fully expected at that point that my business was going to suffer because this is the way I saw it. You can't just cut two days off your working week and expect everything to be okay. But um, but I was willing to give it a go. And, and to be honest, then it wasn't the most important thing. I thought, well, I'm a teacher. And I, I'll, get a, I'll find a job if I need to. Um, so I started looking at as many different time management strategies and tips and techniques that I could possibly lay my hands on. Mm. Um, some of them worked, some of them didn't, but over the time I gradually learned why they were working and why they weren't working and the way to get more out of the time that you've got. So thankfully, I'm, I'm glad to, to say my business didn't just stay the same, it actually got a lot better and started performing even better than it did before. And I was working, you know, a third of the time. Um, So people started asking me, how on earth are you doing that? Can you teach me how to do it? Um, And so uh, that's what I'm doing. And that's how I ended up doing what I do now, Uh, writing I wrote a book on time management called Time Limited, um, as you've, you've mentioned before. And the most pleasing part of it all was... I got that quality time with mom. I got to know her better than I probably ever would have done if she'd have never been ill. Yeah. Um, and now I still use that time for, for family and things that are most important to me. So I've got a three-year-old little girl. I spend um, two full days a week um, with her and, and you know doing, doing lovely things and like going to swimming and taking her to gymnastics and just enjoying all the things that disappear very quickly when when you've got kids um, so yeah that's that's how I got into it
0: it's really interesting and you know first of all just um my heart goes out to you about that diagnosis and having to go through that situation with your mum and there's also a thing here about the impetus of something so horrible happening and how it's really transformed how you do things and sometimes we see these things, don't we, it's just the bad bits, but what they can offer you as well. And I'm sitting here thinking that you probably never had any intention, or maybe you did, but tell me, you probably never had any, any intention of becoming a person who teaches people how to manage their time. That wasn't the, your business to start with, I imagine.
1: No, no, I was working with, um, it, was, it was leaders, really, that I was working mostly with yeah. in, a, in a business setting. I was working with a lot of accidental managers, so people who get, promoted into a management position because they were good at what they did yeah. in their job but then you know find themselves not doing any of the things that they were good at and now having this beast of a job that they don't know how to do <laughs> so it was, yeah. and time management was actually a big part of that um as well but um yeah you, you're right it's i mean it's terrible a diagnosis like that and it it's an awful thing and you can say oh try and take the positives at the time there just aren't any positives it's just a shell shock to your life. It's awful. Um, and it hits you like a train, but, um, I suppose there are some things that you can take from, um, from any given situation, aren't they? And, and this, I almost see as kind of a a legacy to my mum because it's her that set me on this path and, and it's become my, my focus.
0: That's a really lovely way of thinking about it. And even if you can't see that in the moment because you are hit like a train and it's terrible the learning from after the situation is a really interesting one I love that's really nice to think about it is that the legacy that you're taking and the the legacy is passing down the generations and now you use that time with your daughter yes. and how fantastic that is and I can imagine right now there are many people who are listening here going hang on a minute I've got young kids I want to spend more time with my kids I am um, so busy and stressed out and working so much and not focusing and not spending that precious time mm-hmm. so here I'm going to get to it we're we've obviously not got like time to go into every a technique and things that mm-hmm. you would work through but can you tell us some of the high level some of maybe some of the basics some of the foundational things that you think are really important for any of us who want to get better at managing our time to be able to focus on the important things in our lives
1: yeah absolutely um and i'm I'm conscious that there's a a range of different people who will be listening to this and some of them will be employed some of them will be self-employed yeah um and and i realize that not everything might fit for for every individual but hopefully there'll be one or two things that do Um, if you if you're employed i think um having that positive line of communication with the people who are in a position to make those, those decisions about your working hours and your working days are really good because I, I don't know many um, bosses who are not interested in being more productive and achieving goals quicker and having staff that are happier um, and and with a better balance. And, you know, there's no, no manager in the world wouldn't want those things, but it's about being able to, um, being able to show them that they can have those things, um, yeah. but with people who are working on their own, they're self-directed. It's much easier to implement these things a lot quicker, of course. But I suppose um, when I first started, one of the first things I did, as as you do with everything when you want to know about something, I googled it. I googled time <laughs> management. <laughs> so uh, first thing that and I noticed
0: seventy million different items of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> come
1: oh well, get this, get this. But I googled time management, and there was four and a half billion results came back. Yeah. And I thought, wow, there is no shortage of information about and tips about time management. It's, uh, it's, but I thought to myself, why are people still struggling with it when there's so much information out there about it? And um, and this is what I mean. I, I said to you before that I, I started working out why some things work and why some things don't. Um, and there was two main things that that I took from it one of them was um, about habits so most of the things that you read about say that choices decisions and priorities are the keys to time mastery and they'll say if you want something enough you'll do it it's stuff like that and I do agree with that to an extent and um, I think it's got its place and and it is important but what really, um made me think was when it was pointed out to me that around half of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis are nothing to do with those conscious decisions and choices they're habits they're things that you do routinely um so for instance you probably get up at a similar time you probably have the same relationship with your with your alarm clock that you do every other day if you're a snooze hitter you're a snooze hitter if you're not you get up (laughs) um You'll have the same bathroom routine. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. You'll have uh, probably the same thing for your breakfast. You maybe drive the same way to work if you have to go out to work. You'll have the same routines. And, and we have these moments in, in our days. You think about driving to work, for instance. It's quite often you get in the car and you don't even remember the journey. You just arrive at work and you do the same things as you always do when you arrive at work. It's it's crazy how groundhog day it really is. Um, so, habits was the first thing um i started working out how you can develop habits and how you can attach desired actions that will really help you with time management to uh, existing behaviors that you do naturally anyway so that just as naturally as when you go to the toilet then you wash your hands you'll be doing things that really help you i'll tell you more about that in a little bit but the other the other parts that was the first bit about habits The second part was about structure and people talk about time management in terms of symptoms. So they'll say my email inbox is overflowing and I can't keep on top of it or um, I've got too many meetings, my meetings overrun or I procrastinate or I get distracted or my social media or there's so many things, they're all symptoms and people jump about from thing to thing to thing and they never really um master any of them and and i think from my work i i noticed that there's key things that have to be in place before you can even think about the rest of it Mm -hmm. and so um i put it in a a bit of a diagram called the pyramid of time mastery and now it's what my coaching and all my courses and my book and and everything i do is based on this pyramid of time mastery um And that says that there's five key blocks at the bottom of the pyramid that you have to get in place if you want to master your time and that's those are the two things really the um the structure and the habits
0: right can we dig into some of these things because i think it's really interesting to think about number one habits they are the things that either make us or break us i'm totally totally in line with that um i love how you talk about tagging things on to habits you already have um to make it easier, I suppose, to build new habits and to try new things. Can you give us some examples of how that might work in the real world?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I can. And um, there's some. It's very easy for me to do that because I do it every day for myself. So I can just talk about my own um, time habits. Um, the, the process I'm talking about with attaching things is called when and then. So it's just a when you're first starting out, you think when I do this then I do that and it drills it into you um, that, that you do that. So um, one of the the domino effect time habits is scheduling time to schedule your time. So many people don't do it. They fly by the seat of their pants um, and they just, you know, what happens happens. But the people who, um, who are successful with their time don't do it by accident. They do it on purpose. They will sit there and they will they will schedule time to actually have a look at their schedule and say, what are the most important things, the big rocks, if you've ever seen that analogy that I need to fit in things like my, my health, my fitness, my relationships, um, where are they going to fit? They're the most important things in any, in all of our lives. And if we neglect them, then it has a negative impact on everything else. So you've got to schedule those in first. Um, and then, after that, you start thinking, right, what are the important tasks that I need to do um, this week for, for my work? Schedule them in. And uh, then the rest of the time, will always get taken up by all of the other stuff, the sand in the, in the mm. demonstration. I don't know if you've seen the, the rocks, pebbles and sand analogy, yeah. but it's if you put the sand in first, it fills up all the week. It's the stuff that just turns up and you have to deal with it. It will fill up all the space that you allow it to but put the big rocks in first, the really important things, get your important tasks in and then just let the sand have the rest of the space. So scheduling time to schedule your time is really important. Um, For me, the when and then on that is when I close my laptop at the end of the day, then I have a look at my schedule and and, and think about those things. But I have another one as well, which is that I do in the morning. So when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do habitually is go downstairs and, and make a coffee. I put the put the kettle on. So, um, so when I put the kettle on, then I think of Acme, A C M E, and that leads me onto a little bit of a, a story of how we got to that because it probably doesn't mean anything to you at, at the moment. Um, do you remember Wiley Coyote?
0: I do remember Wiley Coyote, and when you said Acme, I was thinking of like him chucking stuff over the <laughs> edge of like mountains and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's exactly what it is I started thinking I, I watched it I don't know it just came on tv one day and I was looking at it and I was thinking wow yeah this is really it's a kid's cartoon and it's supposed to just be enjoyable I get that but I was looking at it and I was thinking wow yeah why can't he never catch that roadrunner because actually um he has some pretty good ideas there was there's some of the things that he tried to do which was like using free bird seed and lowering a trap, you think yeah that's that's viable that that could work um he also had loads of equipment everything he could want they always had acme written on it didn't they? it was all yeah. the, the rockets and the contraptions he, he had all the resources that he could need but he could never catch the roadrunner and when you look at every single one of his failures uh, his failed attempts um they were all avoidable and they were all things that he could, have, he could have prevented if he'd have thought about it. So, for instance, getting on the rocket that goes faster than the roadrunner goes, but not knowing how to stop the rocket. <laughs> or um, doing something on the side of a cliff where you have that moment where he steps off the edge and then there's a five-second pause and he waves at the camera and then drops to his, yeah. to his doom. Um, or the contraption that I was talking about with the bird seed, he got his leg trapped in it, the poor, poor thing, and, and it dragged him down, and he ended up getting trapped in the thing instead. But they were all avoidable, and, and I started thinking the answer to all of his problems was right in front of him the whole time. It's the word ACME. And if he had thought about ACME, he could have prevented a lot of those things. And, and we all do that on a daily basis. We all have these same mistakes, Maybe we don't fall off cliffs and climb on rockets, but we we do make mistakes that we could avoid. And ACME, um, as an acronym, stands for um, anticipate. So going back to my when and then, when I'm boiling the kettle, I'm thinking of ACME. Can I anticipate any problems that could arise with what I'm doing today? Yeah. So for instance, am I traveling at rush hour? Um, are my meetings very close together? Um, stuff like that. Can I anticipate any problems? The C is confirm. There's nothing worse than when you have a meeting with somebody or you arrange a meeting with somebody and then you turn up to it and they don't <laughs> because yeah. they've forgotten or they've got the time wrong or, or whatever, multitude of reasons. It just helps if you confirm it. You send someone a text message and just say, really looking forward to seeing you at um, 10, wherever. And just confirms it. The M is Move. So if you've, an easy example is if you've got a city center meeting in the first thing in the morning and another one last thing in the evening, can you move them? Can you move one of them to make them together and cut down on travel time? Or can you move both of them away from rush hour? Um, if you can move things around, that can, can really help you. And the final one, E, is evaluate. Evaluate the, the benefit of the outcome from this thing that you've got scheduled in and weigh it up against the time that it's going to take you to achieve it. And um, if it's not worth the time that you're putting into it, then don't do it. And um, if it is worth the time that you are doing, then, then great. But there's another thing I can tell you about later, which is about valuing your time. But that, I'll come to that later. That helps with the evaluation. Um, but yeah, that's my example taken a long while to go through it i appreciate that but I, when I, and then there's
0: so many things of it that i really <laughs> really like and one of the things that i know for sure is if i when i'm when i'm in the good habit and i often do this on like a friday afternoon and yeah. today's a friday when we're recording this and it is in my diary to do it so when i spend even just 45 minutes or an hour looking at my week ahead knowing what i've got planning what i've got it really settles my mind that it's going to be okay next week So sometimes, you know, you get that, that kind of stress that's there, but doesn't need to be there. And the weeks where I don't do that, I find my weeks are more difficult and I can't manage my time. And it's, it's only an investment of like 45 minutes just to look and understand. So I totally get the scheduling time to schedule time. It definitely makes a difference to me personally. So, that. and then I'm just sitting here listening to your Acme one. And number one, I was thinking that's some deep thinking about the roadrunner. (laughs) Welcome so like, to my mind. <laughs> and people often laugh at me because I do things like quote quotes from TV shows and say this is like really inspirational to me. And they go, Beth, why is Gray's Anatomy so inspirational? I'm like, no, it's not about Grey's Anatomy. It's like the quote within it is amazing. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I was sitting there giggling at myself that somebody else who reads a lot of stuff into things that other people don't read things into. So they yeah. love it. And then the Acme stuff, really, really interesting. And um, yeah that anticipate and doing it doing it while you have your coffee in the morning or while you eat your breakfast or while you're brushing your teeth or whatever thinking about what you have there and kind of that habit stacking thing isn't it it's like saying while I'm doing this if I add this on it just becomes what I do and it's not people often think that it's about doing extra work it's about extra time for thinking you're you're just using time you're already using yeah you already have you've already got that time for having your coffee or whatever and I'm loving that: anticipate, confirm, move, and evaluate. And especially that last one: is it worth it? Is it is it something that is worth spending that time on? And being, yeah. oh, and that might sound quite brutal, but just being really choosy, isn't it, about how you spend your time in in your life to make the most of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's um, there's a there's a few things on that with with scheduling and um, evaluation. The the value in your time. um, I find is really useful there's something on I'll give you a link to to the uh, website, it's completely free it's just a little calculator tool on on my website but it values your time gives you an hourly rate and it takes into account um, your desired uh, income for the next year it divides it between the number of weeks that you want to work in the year to achieve it and then it divides that by the number of hours per week that you want to work Um, It takes into account a bit of time where you'll be working on non-income generating activities as well. So working on the business instead of in the business, that kind of thing. Um, And it gives you an hourly rate. And let's say, for example, that comes out just for easy maths. It comes out £100 as your hourly rate. And then you can make a pretty good decision when you're evaluating about whether a a £50 task is worth your time. And a fifty-pound yeah. task, you'd say, I'm not going to spend more than half an hour on this because it's just not. It doesn't fit with with the value of my time. And if it's two hundred-pound task, then you can say I can afford to spend a couple of hours on this.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, really valuing what you're doing with your time and yeah. how much that's worth. If you if, you know, if you're in a business, how much that's worth to the business. Yeah. Yeah. Re- that's a yeah. It's a really interesting part of looking at it. Can we go? back and look at this structure thing cuz you started talking about pyramids and I have been on your website and looked at the pyramid and I was like ooh yeah. number 1 I like anything that comes in nice shapes so you you had me at pyramid um but you said here that there are five like real foundations that if you don't have them in place you're probably not going to get very far yeah. with your time mastery can you tell us what some of those Things are so that we can think actually. Oft- I, th- I, well, I don't know about you, but often I think we try and aim for the top of the pyramid first. Yeah. And actually, sometimes aiming for the basics and just working on those for a while sets you up in a really good place to be able to do better things in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I will actually start with kind of the end in mind a little bit and say, because we all like to know where we're going with it, don't we? The peak yeah. of the, the pyramid, the pinnacle of it, is what I think everybody wants in one way or another. Um, And that's freedom. Um, You want to be able to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it. That's, That's freedom, isn't it? That's what we all want with Time Mastery. Um, I think, please tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what yeah, I think yeah. i think
0: people, I think people might describe it in a different way, but when yeah. you said that, yeah, freedom and relates to having the time to do the stuff that you want to do, yeah. um, and the, for you that might be family, so you're kind of really driven by that family time. For other people it might be some kind of hobby that they have. For other people yeah. it could be something else. So, yeah, mm. freedom to do the stuff that you want to do, kind of when you want to do it, is the, Yeah. I really like that as a, a goal in mind. Yeah, and I mean
1: it can be, freedom it can be more work and that's okay if you want more time to do more work that's great good for you but um whatever you want that whatever freedom means to you that's the the goal and, and working down on it um, there's there's all sorts of things like having the right balance being productive getting better organized being disciplined having clarity communication and consistency building the habits having um the strength to to follow through with with your plans and stuff like that but the base level the foundations where all of these all of the things we've just said will fall down if you don't have these things in place from my experience is there's five blocks the first one is why and you hear lots of people talking about their why and they say oh my family and things like that. that's that's all great it's all very um all very positive stuff it's not exactly what i mean um in in the why that I'm talking about it's just why are you trying to be better with your time? What will it mean to you? Will it mean that you can do it's linked to freedom? What is freedom? Why, why do you want to do this? Is it so you can have more time with your family? Is it so that you can earn more money or, or something else? Being really clear about why you're trying to be better with your time will, um, will keep you focused in, in times of, adversity which you're going to face every day because there's so many distractions out there. Um so yeah why is the first one? The second block is self awareness and it's knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at with time management. So when you're aware of that you can you can know the things that are likely to to distract you and you can know the the things that are likely to set you back um, a bit like what we were yeah talking about before in the in the anticipation with acme it's, yeah you know you can you can anticipate things better if you know what your weaknesses are
0: yeah so um, i'm thinking here like total confession time because people yeah. like it when we we kind of talk about the things yeah. that we're not so good at as well so what am i good at time management wise i'm good when i've got a lot to do i'm good when i've got um clients who need things and they need things by a deadline i am totally terrible Uh, when I don't have a deadline enforced by somebody else. Yeah. And if I have a whole day to do something, just the procrastination that sets in, if there's a whole day to do something and I like in time management terms, I need that whole day to do it in, in the hours that I have. But if I have a whole day without anything else to do, getting going for me is really hard. And the deadline thing. If I've set myself a deadline, it's like it's the most flexible thing in the world. If a client set a deadline, it will be done before the deadline. There, so yeah. there's that. I, you know, it's getting, and it's taken me a while to understand those things. And now that I know them, I can do that. Okay, let's really evaluate what's going on here stuff. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I suppose the other thing there is for me when I'm looking at that is if I know that I can plan my time better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you're dipping into lots of different things there as well with uh, with the procrastination thing. Um, I have a, a tip for that, um, which is about getting mad um, about procrastination. It's about knowing your motivation, which is coming back to your why.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then having those mini deadlines. There's, students do it all the time. They get a three month deadline. They wait two and a half months, then they think about it. <laughs> Then they do it the day before it's due. It. It's yeah, yeah, and it's all because of that deadline. If it's broken down into mini deadlines and milestones, yeah. it's so much more effective. And the third part of Mad, the middle part, I guess, is the um, is accountability. You've got to have somebody who's holding you accountable to actually doing it. Um, that can be family if it's a, a personal um, commitment that you're trying to achieve, or it can be a work colleague or a customer. Or you've got to have those three things, but. Yeah, so be, being aware of it is massive. I actually have a thing on my, again on the on the website is and it's free again. I'm not, I'm not flogging anything here. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's all free. But it's, um, there's a thing called the MLT test, a Mastery of Time test that um, is a series of questions. takes you about five minutes to do it, but it sends you an instant PDF report of all of your strengths and weaknesses in time management. Um, Brilliant. Which is pretty cool. So uh, if anybody wants to have a go at that, then. Um, then please do.
0: Brilliant. We'll put the link in the show notes so that people can go and have a go.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks. So, um, so yeah, so two, first two blocks are why and awareness. The next one is vision. So having a real clear vision of what does that freedom look like. So you know why you're going for it, but what does it look like? If you talk about it as if you've already achieved it, so I now spend... Um, two days per week doing whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. Or I now have, um, uh, I now go for a run three times a week, every week for more than a, you know what I mean? You talk as if you've already done it. That's the vision. Um, It links very nicely with the next block along, which is planning, which is exactly what we've just spoken about, Beth, which is um, breaking it down into milestones and saying, if my vision is that in 12 months, I'm going to be doing, this then if I'm on track at nine months what does that look like and then yeah. having that and they say if I'm going to be there at nine months where do I need to be at six months if I'm going to be there at six months where do I have to be at three? Three, one month if I'm going to be there in a month where do I have to be next week and if I'm going to be there next week what do I have to do today
0: yeah it's like project managing your approach to this time isn't it yeah, it's like going, actually, this is now a project. I am really focused on making this happen. Yeah. And I'm also thinking that, you know, you talked about there, you know, if you want to have this many days to do this, but also you could focus on something smaller, couldn't you? You could say, I want to spend an hour focused time with my kids every day, or I want to spend an hour, um, once a week doing a hobby or something mm. that I've never managed to actually get the habit to fit in, that yeah. you, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be something quite small, but actually planning it and working it out will help you get there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that things like that work um, more effectively, I think, when, when it's not things that you have, it's things that you are doing and processes yeah. and things that you are. Um, because those habits will um we'll pay dividends won't they? they'll move on and, and um and keep giving you the kind of life that you that you're looking for um yeah.
0: and yeah. i suppose if you do the small stuff prove to yourself that you can do this that you can make the time to do the stuff that you want to do so yeah. there's that that little bit of um momentum in your motivation that hang on if i managed to carve out an hour to do this i could carve out another hour to do something else i really want to do because yeah. I know the process now. I've got confident with how I make that happen and I've built it as a habit. So it's going to happen now anyway. So what else could I do and how could I kind of stack that up?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It is a, um, I said before, a domino effect. Once you start doing things that help you with your time management, then it becomes easier to do other things that that help you. And before you know it, it's actually really easy, you know, to to cut chunks off your week. If you set your mind to it, it, it's quite, um, it's very, very achievable to mm. free up time. The problem is, and this links me into the the final block on the on the foundation layer, is that a lot of it is to do with mindset as well. And um, right. That's the fifth block on the on the bottom line. And um, people always want more, don't they? More, 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 more money, more time. That's what everybody wants. But if the thing is with having more of anything is that it only serves to exaggerate. Um, the relationship that you've already got with it. So yeah. if, you, if you waste money, then having more money probably isn't the answer because you'll just waste more money. Um, if, you, if you waste time, if you procrastinate, if you spend time in the wrong areas doing the wrong kinds of things, having more time isn't the solution because you'll just do more of the wrong things and, and waste even more and procrastinate even more. It's more about, instead of wanting more, you need to make more of the things that you've got. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's so much stuff going on in the world at the moment. We, you don't need me to tell you everything that, that we've been through in the last 18 months and, um, and all the challenges. And I'm not belittling that for a second. I'm not. There's lots of things that we can't control that, that have happened and challenges that have been there. But um, alongside that, and even before um, everything that's been going on since, since time began, there's always been excuses from people of why they're not going to do things. Um, how you can say, I'm not going to do this because uh, today and today's day ends in a why or whatever, you know, you just, you, know, you can make excuses for anything. And, and the mindset shift is saying, I'm not going to try and control everything, but I am going to try and shift from ex- uh, excuses to responsibility in the yeah. things that are within my circle of influence. So if I, for instance, if it's chucking it down, it's raining, it's horrible weather outside, it's gray, it's windy, it's cold. It's, that You can't do a lot about that, but you can influence your mindset and you can say, do you know what? I'm going to put my coat on, I'm going to get my umbrella up, I'm going to put my boots on, and I'm going to make the best of this. And I'm going to get out and do what I can with what I can influence
0: yeah and it's interesting that with the weather analogy because I always think it's not the weather that's the problem it's your outfit <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> exactly uh, you know um, being I, I know that you've got a dog as well a fellow dog walker is that you have to go for a dog walk whatever the weather it is yeah. and sometimes like I did the other day you end up totally soaked because you've worn the wrong thing but that's not the weather's fault that's you not taking responsibility or planning what you exactly. should actually wear when you look out the window exactly yeah definitely and I think there's, there's this great phrase, and I don't know if you use it, but I've heard it many, many times before, is we often, and it often happens when people are in the workplace, and people say, well, I haven't got time to do that. And yeah. if you change that to it's not a priority and then check yourself against that, you can yeah. make time to make anything happen, right? It, it, if you If you start with that mindset that you can find the time to do the important stuff, yeah. if you say this isn't a priority... And then check yourself, because if it is, you're probably doing something that isn't a priority and you need to swap your time over and do something else. So that, I think, really, that really helps me when I'm thinking about have I got enough time to do something is actually is this a priority?
1: Yeah. And when you've got people directing things to you and saying what Mm -hmm. what they want you to do, that can be a challenge. But I I always like to think of yes, but as a response. So you can say, can you do this for me? Yes, but how would you like me to prioritize that against this other thing that you've already asked me to do yeah Um,
0: and that uh, also then comes back to your good point about kind of scheduling time to schedule time is if you don't know what's on your agenda what's on your list what you've got to do it's very hard in that moment if your boss comes over and says can I add this to you and it's got a really urgent deadline to say yes I can Um, which one of these other three things can move down the priority list and be done next week Exactly. Because if you don't know, you probably just end up taking it on, and then taking it on, and then taking it on, and then feeling like everything is overflowing.
1: Yeah, a good um, a good time habit. Um, another one that that I use, and I would suggest that other people do, is um, when you are asked to make a commitment, then always delay it. Never make a commitment there and then. So. When, customers might ask you, when can you have this done by? And you think you really want to impress them and you, you want to come across really well. So you, they say, can you do it by the end of the day? And you go, yeah, of course I can. And then you leave the meeting and think, oh my word, why did I say I could do that? I can't do that by the end of the day. And then you're stressed and you're always scheduled, you make mistakes and all the rest of it. So um, the response I like to give is, I wouldn't, uh, the last thing I want to do is say to you that I'll definitely do it by the end of the day and then not be able to do it. So, if it's okay with you, I'll go and have a look at my calendar, and then I'll confirm it with you. Yeah, um, it just gives you that bit of time to think logically instead of in the in the heat of the the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because we always think that other people have these massively high expectations of when these things can be done by. Yeah. And I've done that before, you know, as a business owner, and maybe it's slightly different in the working context. But as a business owner, where you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it for you tomorrow. And then, and then someone goes to me, oh, I'm, I'm away. So I'm not going to look at it till next week anyway. And you're like, oh, why did I offer to do it in such <laughs> a short amount of time? <laughs> if, you say, if you say things like, would the end of next week be okay for you? Or do you, is there a reason you need it sooner than that? Most people will go, yeah, that's fine
1: yeah yeah definitely But it's
0: our own it was managing our own expectations of what we do versus necessarily the other people and sometimes of course there's going to be clients or there's going to be bosses or there's going to be things that it's got to happen today yeah. and then it's the choice of okay so what gives
1: yeah yeah well there's loads of stuff we can do um, i mean emails is is the bane of a lot of people's lives um you end up with loads of emails in the inbox they, they get an email and think it'll take me about 20 minutes to deal with that but i don't have 20 minutes now so they leave it and then they get another one that will take them 15 minutes, but they don't have 15 minutes now, so they'll leave it. And before they know it, they've got an inbox full of tasks and things that they need to do. They're scrolling up and down them thinking, what on earth do I need to do? I'm drowning here. Um, and and it, then they miss things and, and there's big problems from it. But a little tip that that lots of people don't know, but if, if you don't know it and you implement it, it will be a massive help to you, is that you can drag and drop emails in most things like outlook and gmail and stuff like that you can drag and drop emails over your calendar and if you do that then it will open up a, an entry in your calendar where you can find a space where you've got 20 minutes to be able to do that um it takes it out of your inbox but it's in your calendar it'll give you a reminder at a time that you're free to do it then it's got the link to the email everything else and you've not done it but it's in hand and you've yeah. dealt with it yeah um so that's that's massive. And, and I think the other thing as well is that one thing that people are rubbish at in general is estimating how much time things are going to take. Um, so they, uh, it, because you, you think of things as how long it should take in an ideal world. And uh, so let's say you get something that should take you about 10 minutes to do normally. You'll, uh, lots of people schedule 10 minutes for it and think that should be fine. But stuff always happens. <laughs> the doorbell goes, the yeah. cat's sick on the floor, there's the, you know, the, the baby's crying. Whatever it is, there's always going to be something. Somebody will call you. There'll always be something that comes up. So I always advocate to people that to account for that, when you, it's another when and then, when you are estimating how long something will take, then always add VAT, valuable additional time. And your rate of VAT can be whatever you want it to be. It could be 10%, it could be 20%. But the principle behind it is that if you think something should take you 10 minutes, give 15 for it. Um, And just, there's only two outcomes that can come from that. One of them is that you do it in the time that you should have done it and you've now freed up some time, which is lovely. Which
0: will get filled by the sand stuff anyway, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. And the other way is that something does come up the phone rings you take a phone call you get back to it you still get stuff done that you needed to do um and yeah so there's loads of habits that if you can implement them into your life it can really help you um one of the key ways to develop habits and because that's the tricky bit is is putting these these habits in place is by streaking and a lot of people raise their eyebrows when i start saying that streaking (laughs) is something that i advocate but um what i mean is just doing something for as many days as you can in a row without breaking the chain
0: yeah
1: um how long does it take to build a habit 21 days six, six days 100 who knows it depends on the habit It depends on you yeah. but if you do it enough times in a row it will become a habit eventually Yeah. so um yeah and why does streaking work because when you're getting that tick every day and you know you're on a, I don't know, a 64-day run, 56-day uh, streak, You, it's a lot to lose by not doing it. So yeah. it makes you do it because you don't want to lose your streak. Um, and, and it builds a you mental, you it? It. and then you really
0: yeah. want to do it because you're feeling the benefit of it. And, and then it just eventually just becomes something you do without even thinking about it. You yeah. just have to – you almost have to formalise it before it becomes the informal habit that you just know. Exactly. There are so many things that I could – we could carry on talking about for ages (laughs) however and I I, what I would say is thank you for it we'll put all the links to the websites that people can go and look at this stuff um link to your book etc because there are so many things here that I think if people could implement them, they would really help them in their world to feel great and be able to get some joy from their work and be able to get some joy in their life because they've made time to do the things that are important to them, whether that's work or life or a combination of both of those things. But for now, are you okay if we move on to some quick fire questions? Of course, yeah. Right. My first question for you is for you personally, what is always guaranteed to bring you a bit of work joy?
1: Um a bit of work joy i think it's uh, progress because yeah. to me progress is the most motivational thing whatever you're doing if you can feel like you're making progress towards your vision and you the goal that you ultimately want then that brings you a lot of joy i think and, and a lot of motivation
0: brilliant thank you uh what book are you currently reading
1: um oh the i have a few um that I've been looking at. The, I tried to do something a bit different um, with the last one. I usually tend to gravitate towards the same types of books, um, but I was trying not to do that to try and broaden my kind of reading a little bit. So the last one that I was looking at was actually Matthew McConaughey's book called Green Lights.
0: I've heard of this. Is um, it good?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and and I actually I don't know where you stand on the whole uh, paperback versus audio book um kind of position but this one I would certainly recommend that you do on audiobook because his voice he reads it his voice is incredible he's he's so engaging um and yeah I I really enjoyed that book
0: I have to say I love an audiobook and I love a paperback I love both of those things I don't do e-readers that's not my thing I have to have like actually physical media yeah. um, in that world but sometimes if i really enjoy a book and i've read it i'll listen to it and vice versa because i i don't know about you but i get different things from it listening to reading and you notice different bits so yeah yeah love it i, I might have to have a little look at that one i have uh, heard it mentioned a few times so yeah. yeah great thank you um what is the best or most useful bit of advice that someone has given you in your life that you always find yourself coming back to
1: um oh um, I think it's it's about um, not not limiting yourself to what um, to of what you can achieve. So there's there's actually a line. It was something that was in the Matthew McConaughey book, actually, and it is something that has come come up a few times where people say roofs are man-made structures and and they hold things down and they they make you believe that that you can only get to a certain level and, and you start feeling nervous if you get get towards it and you're getting, getting high up. Why have that? Why have that kind of artificial ceiling on what you can achieve? Mm. Um, it's that mindset thing, isn't it? Don't think that you can't. Some of mm. the people say, oh, you can chop chunks off your week. There'll be some people who roll their eyes and go, oh yeah, whatever. You can't do that. I couldn't do this because this, because that, because the other. Why are you limiting yourself like that? Mm. You know, Give yourself every opportunity to achieve the, the things that you really want.
0: Yeah, really, really great one. Thank you. Um, so what is one super practical bit of advice to our listeners that's something that they could really easily go and do today, tomorrow, the next day? Um, what would it be and why would you pick that?
1: Okay, um, there's a few. Which one shall I go for? I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go back to emails as a thing. Okay. And I'm going to say, Lots of people have their emails open on the screen um, and it's just ready to distract you. You're setting yourself up to fail if you've done that. And they do the reason they do it is because they know that if they get, they don't want to miss an email and they don't want to miss a phone call. So set up automated things that allow you to take time away from that. So um, what do I mean by that? I mean, on email, you can set an auto reply that says, um, in the interest of time management, I check my emails every few hours. Um, if uh, if it's urgent, please give me a call on this number. Yeah. Um, and if you set your voicemail um, to to something like, um, I'm dealing with, you know, I'm sorry, I can't, can't answer you at the moment, but I will call you back as soon as I can. If it's urgent, please call this. Then you're not that worried about not seeing an email as soon as it comes in and not answering a phone call first time. It's interesting, actually, the first, the, I did a bit of research into this with, especially the not answering phone calls. People say, um, don't answer calls from numbers that you don't know. I was saying, don't answer call, calls from numbers that you do know,
0: <laughs> apart
1: from apart from a few, like the nursery calls, and obviously I'm going to answer that because yeah. it's be wrong. But if it's one of your, one of your friends or, or somebody who, you know just let it go to voicemail because what you what i found from my from my uh, time doing this was that when you let it go to voicemail you can pick up the message and check that it's nothing that is actually urgent most of the time it's not um, you've given them the option if it was urgent to um you know to call you on a, an office number or whatever plus you know if somebody rings you six times in a row within about 2 minutes you'd think that yeah you need to speak to them um but if when people ring you if you let it go and call them back in an hour it's not unreasonable if you're in a meeting you'd call them back in an hour so call them back in an hour 70 percent of the time they didn't need me anymore it was something that they sorted themselves they're like oh i was just wondering this but i found it now great no problem and you can cut out a lot of the sand, a lot of the stuff that you don't want to be dealing with. There's just noise in your day, yeah. um, but not on your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think as well, the, the neuroscience looking at the like the ping of the email and the kind of distraction of notifications and stuff. And there, there, I think it's something like, and don't quote me on this, but it's something like it takes 22 minutes to get your brain back into the zone yeah. after you've gone and looked at an email. And it's like, why would you waste 22 minutes? <laughs> that's not that's not a good use of time is it it's just it's a total waste of time yeah. to do it in that zone so I love the idea of you know having that auto response and you're right if you were in a meeting you wouldn't be picking up your phone yeah. so why is your time less valuable when you're not in a meeting than it is when you are in a meeting exactly. so again if you come back to that understanding your time um, that's a really, really great thing to consider. Yeah. And nobody so, knows
1: if it's a, if you're in a meeting or not, do they? But <laughs> the funny thing on that stat, by the way, I heard that as well, Beth, I'm not going to call you on it because you said not to, but it's um, 22 minutes. yet. Yeah. But the other part to that stat as well is is mind boggling. And that is that in an office environment, uh, they reckon that people on average get distracted every 11 minutes. So if it, you get distracted every 11 <laughs> minutes and it takes you 22 minutes to get back into what you were doing, then you're never going to do it. <laughs> it's you know, math you know, that you doesn't you just, work.
0: You'll be distracted again before you actually get your brain back in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, <laughs> you see now now I'm like, oh, that's horrible. I need to sort that out. <laughs> um. So yeah, I love that. All the ideas, things you can do with emails and voicemails, and you know, picking up the phone, not picking up the phone, when to do all that. Brilliant. Where can people find out more about you? I mean, you suggest this stuff on the website. What's your website? Where can people follow you? Um, How can they buy your book? That kind of information would be amazing.
1: Yeah, great. Well, the the value in your time calculator, the MLT test and details about the book are all on my website, which is 27andahalf.co.uk. That's the number two, number seven, and then letters A-N-D-A-H-A-L-F dot uk um and social media wise linkedin is the platform i use the most you can find me on there as stephen watson
0: brilliant thank you so much we'll put that link into the show notes so that people can kind of click straight through and find out more about you it's been so fascinating and i definitely would want to spend another few hours taking everything out of your brain and putting it into my brain so that i can go and uh, be better with my time but thank you so much for coming on and for being a guest on the workjoy jam
1: thank you for having me beth it's been a pleasure
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Work Joy Jam with Stephen Watson. What a great guest. And some really amazing practical things that we can all think about doing, focusing on building our habits to be better with our time so that we can find that freedom to do more of what things we want to do when we want to do them. Love it. I mean so many great things about the habits that we have there, and I really loved those five foundational things that we can all think about when we're approaching getting better at our time management and thinking about how can we get those in place for ourselves with the habits I love the when and then so that when I am having my morning coffee then I think about when I am doing this I make sure I and that habit stacking I think can be a really powerful thing for us all in creating new habits that are more helpful to us And it's one thing we actually work on on the Work, Joy, Way coaching programme is what habits do we have and which ones are helpful and which ones are hindering us and how do we work with those ones that are helpful to really maximise what they're doing and to build new ones. I also think that's really interesting about how do you value your time and as he said, he's got his little calculator on the website so go have a look at that and the ACME, the anticipating, the confirming, the moving and the evaluating of what you are doing with your time. So some really interesting things there. So many, that I couldn't just pick out one. And I think it's one of those things that we can all do with a little help with. I don't think I know anybody who thinks they've got time management totally nailed. So hopefully some things that you can take away and to action. And I'd love you to comment to tell us what those actions were for you do go and have a listen to our other episodes this is season three and we have season one and season two so there's plenty of things to listen to from all different perspectives about some things you can do to set yourself up for joy and to get more joy into your working life we also have club work joy our membership program where we have amazing speakers an incredible community we do networking all with people who are trying to cultivate more joy in their working life from many different organisations, different industries, different roles. And that community with perspective is such a great place to be. So do head to the website www.createworkjoy.com to find out more and to join us. We'd love to have you there. And of course, you can follow us on all the socials at Create Work joy, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. I hope to see you there um, at some point soon. Thank you for listening today. This has been the WorkJoy Jam.